pick a pope. It's the game everybody plays. Every once in a while, someone, usually a non-Catholic, will say to us, do you believe in the pope? Well, there's a subtle presumption behind that question. We need to be aware of it. The presumption is that if you do not accept the authority of the Holy Father in Rome, currently, of course, who is Pope Francis, if you don't accept his authority, then you don't believe in a pope. But that's not true. It's my contention, my brothers and sisters, that everybody has a pope. Presbyterians have a pope. Anglicans have a pope. Baptists have a pope. People who call themselves non-denominational, they have a pope. Muslims, Buddhists, even atheists have a pope. That's because everybody has an authority who guides them in this life. We all have somebody who defines the meaning of human existence for us, who teaches us right from wrong. So the real question isn't, do you believe in the pope? The real question is, which pope do you believe in? In this regard, there are lots of possibilities. For example, there's what I would call the feel-good pope. Those who follow him live almost exclusively by their emotions. If it feels good, then in their estimation, it must be okay. Or how about the Gallup pope? He's named after the famous poll taker. Those who follow him form their views and their attitudes based on what the majority says. And so if 85% of Catholics polled say that they think artificial contraception is morally acceptable, those who follow the Gallup Pope immediately add their names to the 85%. Very popular Pope among our young people today is what I would call the Peer Pope. He lives and acts and speaks through their friends. Whatever these friends say, is considered to be the truth. Or how about the Pop Pope? Try saying that ten times fast. Those who follow the Pop Pope are those who are unduly influenced by the ideas of contemporary pop culture. Ideas that come through the music they hear, through the media, the press, the Hollywood crowd, the sports heroes the self-help gurus, and of course, most of all, followers of the Pop Pope are influenced these days by the ideas they encounter on social media. Because as everybody knows, if it's on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, it's got to be true, right? Hmm. Those are just some of the possibilities. Believe it or not, other possible popes even include some Protestant evangelists and theologians. Think, for example, how many people followed Billy Graham when he was alive, as if he had been designated God's interpreter on earth, the interpreter of God's word. These people would have denied that they believed in a pope, yet they listened to Graham as if he were the appointed mouthpiece of God here on this earth. Consequently, they obeyed him as good Catholics obeyed the Holy Father in Rome. Even those who have no religious affiliation whatsoever have a pope, in the sense that they have a person or a group of people to whom they look for guidance and direction in this life. I'll give you a very timely example of this. Many of the people rioting in our cities this summer, as well as the two women who founded the organization Black Lives Matter, they have the same pope. Perhaps you've heard of him. His name is Karl Marx. 
Liberal media doesn't tell you this stuff, my brothers and sisters, but it's true. Many of the rioters are professed Marxists who literally want to destroy American culture as we know it and create some kind of utopia, socialist utopia, with themselves in charge, of course. It's really scary what's going on out there these days. Everybody has a hope, whether they're conscious of it or not. That's why I began my homily by saying, pick a poem. It's the game everybody plays. So which pope do you pick? Personally, I want to pick the one that Jesus Christ picked, because that's the right pope. Today's Gospel reading from Matthew 16, we see Jesus making his choice. He says to Peter, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. Here in this passage, Jesus gives papal authority to Peter, the authority of spiritual fatherhood in his church. And then Jesus indicates that this authority is to be passed on to others in the future. He does that when he says, I give you, Peter, the keys to the kingdom of heaven. In Isaiah chapter 22, which was the text we heard in our first reading today, the keys are a symbol. And Jesus is alluding to that symbol when he says this to Peter. The keys in that text, in Isaiah 22, symbolized dynastic authority, an authority which would be passed on from one person to another. The authority Eliakim received in the kingdom of David was the authority of an office. That's why when Shedna got the boot, somebody had to replace him, and Eliakim was chosen. And so it is with the papacy. Peter's authority didn't die when he did. It was passed on to Linus, Cletus, Clement, and on and on, and finally to, uh, to now to Pope Francis. So you see, contrary to what some non-Catholics would have us believe, the Church didn't invent the Catholic papacy. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, did. So for me, the game is really easy. The Pope I pick is the one Jesus picked. My prayer today is that the pick-a-pope game will be just as easy for each and every one of you.